electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, TikTok and WeChat blocked. I don't use TikTok, but uh, I should probably do it right now. This may be uh, your last uh, chance, my friend. The Trump White House to prevent downloads of two popular Chinese social media apps, insiders Henry Blodgett. I hope for the sake of TikTok users and WeChat users around the world that this is just a last minute let me show you how tough I am. You have to bow down to, to what I'm demanding. And Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former FDA head on CDC virus recommendations that weren't written by the CDC. In government, it's very important that the author of guidance represent the guidance so that they can defend it. CDC wasn't in a position to defend a document that they didn't draft. Those stories plus influencers in the making. Are you a lip synker, Joe? You could do no. a little, little Millie no. Vanilli no. just I to, was to, to date, to date ourselves. I liked my Walkman. It's Friday, September 18th, 2020. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. It's just the two of us. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky's off. Uh, it's nice to see you, my friend. Okay. Right. I'm still working oh, on that. Looked, uh, which way to... You, me, oh, and you, uh, right? Is that working yet? Uh, right. Yeah. Right. All right. That, it's us. That, that it's guy us. over there. First up on today's podcast, another wild ride in the TikTok saga. When we started the day, the biggest piece of news we had was this: in conversations with the U.S. government, TikTok's parent company ByteDance proposed a U.S. IPO for the platform in order to sweeten the possible deal in which Oracle and Walmart would become minority stakeholders in TikTok. Of course, like everything else in this short-form soap opera, the newsiest bit of the story was quick to change. As of now, the U.S. Commerce Department plans to block new downloads of TikTok and also WeChat, the Tencent-owned messaging app ubiquitous in China and crucial to communication with people in China. The ban is set for both apps for this Sunday. But don't worry, TikTokers, technically, if you already have the app, you'll be able to keep ticking and talking until a full ban in mid-November. Today's announcement from the Commerce Department is separate from, but related to, President Trump's standoff with TikTok and possible suitor Oracle. He's expected soon to either approve or reject a deal for Oracle to take over as TikTok's, quote, trusted technology partner in the United States. If you remember back in August, that was yesterday or maybe last year, I can't tell, President Trump had signed an executive order threatening a TikTok ban if ByteDance, the parent company, didn't hand over U.S. operations of the app to a U.S. company. The Commerce Department's action today is an enforcement of that order. Now, the president might scrap this Sunday ban if everyone reaches a deal over the weekend. So what does this all mean? A busy news day and an even busier weekend for Oracle, Walmart, and ByteDance. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin bringing in CNBC reporters with the rest of this quickly moving story. First, I want to get the latest on TikTok from Eamon Javers in Washington. Eamon. 
Yeah, this Commerce Department action, Andrew, as you point out, applies to both TikTok and WeChat. And what they're doing is saying this will go into effect on September 20th, that is two days from now, unless the president agrees to a deal that's been on the table uh, pending among all these companies to get American control over some of these assets. Here's what's in the Commerce Department newsletter. These are some of the actions that Commerce says uh, they're going to take here on September 20th if that doesn't happen. They're saying uh, that this order would block the distribution and maintenance uh, of these apps in the United States. It would block mobile funds transactions within the United States on WeChat itself. Uh, it also, uh, current U.S. users would be able to continue using the app. Software, uh, software updates won't be available. So that's uh, all from the Commerce Department this morning. There's a lot of actions that they're taking here. That's just some of them. Uh, and what this does, Andrew, I think, is, is really puts that muscle into that threat that the president said that by September 20th, if, the, if there's no deal, we're shutting these things down. This is the, the U.S. government now using its legal authority to do exactly that on Sunday. And the big question mark here is going to be, uh, over the weekend, can there be some kind of resolution here that's going to check all the political, economic, and technological boxes that have to be checked in order to make this thing happen? Back to you. Uh, before you go, I had one real question, which is, as I've been looking through this, this release, and I don't know if you've had a, an opportunity to, to, to see what seems like a very strange discrepancy. It says, as of September 20th, that would be this Sunday, for WeChat, and then it says, and as of November 12th, for 2020, for TikTok, the following transactions are prohibited, and it goes through a list. Does that mean that there's more negotiating time somehow on the table for ByteDance and TikTok? That's that sounds like what it implies based on the language that you just read, Andrew. But I don't know why there would be a separate time frame for TikTok on that point. Um, and. and Believe me, we're trying to get U.S. officials to talk to us about this right now uh, to, to explain exactly what's been done here. Uh, we know that they're going to explain this throughout the course of the day today. Uh, what we'd like to do, as uh, all these companies are being impacted moment to moment right now, is, is talk to them and get, us, get them to explain it to us right now. Yeah, it's, all, it's happening. It's happening right now. Thanks. Uh, Deirdre Bosa covers these companies. Uh, and what comes next? We just we'll try to figure, but especially for Tencent and WeChat. Good morning, Deirdre. Hey, good morning, Joe and Andrew. Andrew, I was looking at that exact wording as well, that November 12th date, and it looks like um, the order says that these actions of prohibitions in the order may be lifted on that date. So I think starting on Monday, when this executive order takes effect, or Sunday night, that is, um, WeChat and TikTok users will still, it sounds like they will still be able to use the apps, but as Eamon said, they will not be able to receive software updates and they may not be able to download it. So there may not be new users. So you might actually see a rush. We've seen this in the past for uh, different situations, but when an app, the users know that an app won't become available, they will all rush to download it. So we could actually see download spike between now and then. The implication, though, is no software updates. We've actually seen a similar thing with Huawei. Remember, that's a big Chinese company that has also been right in the middle of this trade war. They stopped receiving updates from Android, and that has really hurt their business, not being able to update their smartphone, which is a huge business for them with that Android operating system. So we could also see um, plausibly big hits to WeChat, Tencent, the WeChat parent and TikTok if users are no longer to receive updates. WeChat is like water in China because everyone uses it. In fact, there's a group that asked a judge in the United States to delay this executive order and they described it, some of them described it as if they were losing a limb because 
they are so reliant on it. Many Chinese Americans use it to communicate as their sole means of communication to family back in China. I mean, I even have someone on my WeChat. It's my only mode of communication with her, a family friend uh, whose primary language is Chinese. There's also so many implications here for American businesses. You think about some of the biggest ones, the most successful ones in China, like Disney, McDonald's, Starbucks, Walmart. Their operations are so entrenched in the WeChat app. There's questions over will their usage uh, be stifled by this executive order. That would have major implications. Um, there's also, guys, perhaps the biggest one will be on Apple and Android. But if Apple and Android cannot update their operating systems or even host these apps on their platforms, um, will users turn away in China? Right now, as I look through this, these guidelines, as you guys are too, um, they say that they are not going to be able to access it in the U.S. So it sounds like, at least for Apple and Android, they'll be able to give users WeChat over um, their Chinese app stores, guys. But also, just one more implication, a payments implication here. The guidelines say that any provision of services through the WeChat mobile application for the purpose of transferring funds or processing payments in the U.S. will be prohibited. And that is a big opportunity for Tencent's biggest competitor, Alibaba, which is not involved in this executive order. Remember, they run Alipay here, so this could be a good advantage for them. Deirdre, I guess uh, a lot of people are downloading TikTok. Uh, now, right now, I guess it's moved up to number two uh, this morning. I don't know whether we showed that. Uh, there it is. So uh, well, it is it's one more happening. thing, guys. The Justice yeah. Department actually ruled earlier this week that WeChat users would not face criminal or civil penalties if they continue to use the app beyond the executive order. So it's likely that users are going to continue to use it, and businesses. They ruled the same thing for businesses. There was talk yesterday of a potential preliminary injunction, a delay of this executive order because it was so vague. But now that we have a few more specifications, those hopes may be dashed. All right. Uh, thank you, uh, Deirdre. Andrew, uh, I guess maybe I should do this. I should, you know, I, I, I don't use TikTok, but uh, I should probably do it right now. This may be uh, your last uh, uh, chance, my friend. I mean, even even though I don't know whether I want it or not, I, I now I feel like I'm going to be missing out on something if uh, if I what's my Apple password? Do you do you know? Oh, I got it. It's uh, no, 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 anyway. Bring in bring in Blonde. That I don't maybe, know. Maybe uh, he'll. We'll, We'll do it to do a, a, a video together, maybe with Henry, if we uh, socially we'll distance. We'll do it. We'll do a lip sync all together. Let's bring Henry into this conversation. I know he's been uh, been uh, been waiting uh, to join us, uh, CEO and of course co-founder of Insider. Uh, let's just sort of walk through this, Henry. A, are you surprised that uh, thus far the administration did not blink? Do you think this is part of a larger negotiation, um, or do we think that this? Uh, this is now the law of the land. Well, I think in looking at the press release that came out this morning, the two words in the first two paragraphs are President Trump and President Trump tough on China. And I hope for the sake of TikTok users and WeChat users around the world, not just in the United States, that this is just a last minute. Let me show you how tough I am. You have to bow down to to what I'm demanding. And obviously, let's hope that there is no security risk. It's hard to get into the details. But I assume that this will be resolved in the next 24 to 48 hours. I would hope so. This has been, it's going to be extremely disruptive, if not. Can you imagine a scenario? Let's do TikTok first, but then get into WeChat. Can you imagine a scenario where if you're if you're at Sequoia right now or you're General Atlantic, you have a stake in this in, in, in ByteDance, 
where you call up the founder and say, you know, we now have to sell a majority of this company to the United States. We just have to. But at the same time, you have the Chinese government, I believe, telling ByteDance you can't. So how, how do you square that? It is tough for the owners and operators of the companies, no question about it. And, and I don't, it sounds like there is a deal that could be approved that could satisfy this. Again, I think we've seen in other negotiations like this, President Trump's MO is to make a grand announcement and then declare victory while accepting tiny concessions that don't move it. And my guess is that that's what the boards of the companies and the managements of the companies are hoping for. Otherwise, there may be major retaliations here. And I know that we want to think it's America first, that's the mission, and we're going to decouple from China. But these economies are totally interlinked, not just technologically. And so that is much easier said than done. And it, you could easily see this escalating um, if we, we don't, in fact, resolve a situation like this. Well, Henry, though, what, what does that escalation look like? And one of our viewers, by the way, points out we were talking about WeChat, which we haven't really discussed if there's any solve for the WeChat situation, because there's no conversation about WeChat selling uh, any of its business to the United States. But uh, a viewer making the point, guess what? You can't use WhatsApp, for example, in China. Why? Because the Chinese government blocks it. It's not. Everyone is arguing it's got to be the same in both countries. <clears throat> it has not been for a long time. But Again, our economies have still gotten incredibly interlinked and approaching it this way where it is last minute, huge diktat, this is the way it's going to be. It's just going to be very disruptive, even if the idea is that over the next five years, we really do try to decouple. And we've seen there's no way to wave a wand or say something and make it the same in, in both cases. And yet the idea is, I think, that both companies do well, or both economies do well, and we work toward a better situation than we've had. But it's hard to understate how important or overstate how important WeChat is. It has right. so much more integrated into it than most of the U.S. apps that we're using for comparison. Henry, part of me wonders whether these negotiations can actually drag on much longer um, than this Sunday. Maybe not for WeChat, but for TikTok. In large part, if you look at that, that statement and, and that what seems like a bizarre uh, different date, you know, September 20th for WeChat, but then November 12th for, for TikTok. Well, guess what happens between now and November 12th, the election. So if there was some political pressure on the president and the administration to, to, to not to, uh, uh, to end TikTok, this will allow this service to continue at least through then. And does that provide both time and provide political cover to some degree for the president and the administration over these issues. Yes. And I, I thought it was great that you picked that up. And this is something that we actually see in a lot of press releases from this administration where there are inconsistencies or something that immediately has to be clarified. But as you point out, that does leave time to actually get into the details. And so, again, my guess is that this is a big high profile announcement that says we're tough on China and that there will be some extension that will at least give everybody time through that November date to right. figure out all the details. Henry, we have heard uh, that there have been a number of U.S. companies that have made calls over the last several months uh, to the administration around the implications of shutting down WeChat. I don't know if we've heard so much about that in the context of TikTok, but if you're Tim Cook, who is a uh, 
happily uh, or proudly for us, oftentimes a watcher of this program, if you're waking up this morning to this news and you're, you're Apple, how much risk do you think this puts that company in? Well, I, I assume Tim Cook has better information than certainly that I have on this and has been following it. It probably has a lot of lines into it. And I really do think there's a lot of showmanship here. This is we know this is the way our president negotiates. And sometimes he does follow through. So you can't he is unpredictable there. But I, my guess is that that's the way Apple is looking at it. But yes, as you've been talking about the idea, let's say it does escalate and there's real retaliation and suddenly Apple has to close down China, something like that. The implications are huge. This is where so many of Apple's products are made. They can't just unplug that. And so that is a it's just that you, if it continues to escalate, it is a huge deal. It is not a matter of just simply decoupling and, and going about our own business. The global economy is not structured that way anymore. So this, you know. News is news, Henry, so obviously we're focusing on this. But I think we wanted to ask you what you're going to do with all your snowflake stock and, and that you got on the IPO. Uh, are you, are, are you, uh, have you already sold? Are you buying more? What, what did you make of that? What did you think? And, and I, I don't think you yeah. have any. I'm kidding. I don't think you, I probably, and, and you need to disclose no. that you don't, you don't actually have any. But it was crazy, huh? I, I couldn't I wouldn't have been able to get any. I didn't put it in time, but I wouldn't have been able to get any anyway. No, no. And yes, Nobody I think would. this highlight highlights some of the challenges with the current IPO process. Um, obviously, the stock was very underpriced relative to the market demand. I, I think that w as we've talked about this in the past, it is extremely hard with a company like this to get a very precise valuation. And the valuation is very high. There is no question about that. It doesn't matter that they're not profitable now. This, this kind of business ultimately becomes profitable later. We saw that with Salesforce and many others. So that's not the concern. But the valuation is extremely high. And it will settle in here. But I have to say, just looking at the fundamentals of the company, it looks great. So I can certainly understand why lots and lots of investors are excited about it. But valuation does matter ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I figure. OK, good. Thanks for playing along. Yeah. Um, you got to be pretty special to get in on, on something like that when it moves like that. And not that you're not special, uh, but uh, <laughs> I am not special enough. But thank yeah, you. Not special enough. All right. You're welcome. Thanks. Next on Squawk Pod, Dr. Scott Gottlieb on the likelihood of a safe, effective COVID vaccine. And how soon? I think that the idea that the vaccine would read out before the trial runs to completion is very remote. And the only circumstance where you could possibly envision that happening is if the vaccine is really effective. I'm talking about 90% effective. We'll be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. Testing guidance from the CDC that was issued last month was published against scientists' objections. The guideline said it wasn't necessary to test people who don't have COVID symptoms, even if they had been exposed to the virus. And the Times says that the Department of Health and Human Services rewrote the guidance and dropped it 
uh, into the CDC's public website, avoiding the agency's strict scientific review uh, process, but then the White House came back and said it was reviewed, and uh, you know, it's another one of these, I don't know, uh, another one of these uh, examples of, of you know, differing uh, viewpoints being pushed that uh, it's implied for political reasons, I guess. Join us now, Dr. Scott Gottlieb. He's a former FDA commissioner and a CNBC contributor. He serves on the boards uh, of Illumina and Pfizer. And, and we're, you know, we keep hearing, listen to the scientists, we, you can follow the science. It's almost reverential um, sometimes. And, but we fail to mention, Scott, that the science over the past six months is, I mean, some of it's 180 degrees from what we thought. So the science is a, uh, it, it sometimes is an art and sometimes it changes and, and evolves as to what we think anyway. So it's, it's been difficult and it will continue to be difficult. Well, look, there's scientists also on the Coronavirus Task Force and in the Department of Health and Human Services, not just at CDC. If those scientists inside HHS have a different view about what the testing guidance should be, um, you know, they are free to draft uh, a, an opinion on that. They just should put it out under their name. I think the challenge right. here is that it went out uh, presumably under CDC and left the implication that CDC had signed off on it. I think in government it's very important that the author of guidance represent the guidance so that they can defend it. CDC wasn't in a position to defend a document that they didn't draft and, and um, it appears didn't agree with. All right. So, Scott, it, the, one of the things you want to touch on today was we got some restaurants. People can go, you know, have a nice meal and, and a few cocktails. But in New York City, they got that squared away, but not the school. So that, that's, that should have been, one should have been a little bit maybe prioritized over the other. But we're still not there. Yeah, look, I think that that's right. This came up yesterday where New York City announced another delay in the opening of the schools. Now, the city's moved forward in opening up a lot of businesses, including restaurants, and there's no reason to argue that they shouldn't be doing that. There's a very low prevalence right now in New York. I think New York can afford itself uh, some ability to restart aspects of life, recognizing that they were able to drive down the infection for now. But I think we should be prioritizing trying to get the schools open and do that first and foremost and see right. how that goes. And Clearly, the city's been delayed in being able to do that. I don't think they had an effective plan in place on how they were going to do that. And you see them stumbling to try to uh, be able to accomplish that goal. We had, let's switch to, to the vaccines. We had Moderna on yesterday. We, we see they're getting close to 30,000 enrolled. We're trying to figure out how quickly you would know whether this works. And I'm wondering, if it was a home run vaccine, and I don't know whether it will be, I don't know whether you know it will be, if it was a home run vaccine, would you know early on, um, it, it, enough to where you do that compassionate use to give everyone the vaccine and take, you know, the people that were getting the placebo should get the vaccine if it really does work. Is that possible if it was really good that you'd know more quickly than the timeline that we're seeing mid next year or something? Would you know in October or November? Well, this is, I'm, I don't have any information that's not in the public domain. Um, as you acknowledge, I'm on the board of Pfizer. These are event-based trials, so they're going to read out when they get a sufficient number of events in these trials. I believe the Moderna trial reads out at 151 events. I believe the Pfizer trial reads out at 164. And there's some interim analysis, so they're going to, they're going to take a look. The Data Safety Monitoring Board, in a blinded fashion, is going to take a look at the data when they reach a certain number of events to see how effective the vaccine is. I think that the idea that the vaccine would read out before the trial runs to completion is, is very uh, remote. I think it's extremely unlikely. And the only circumstance where you could possibly envision that happening is if the, trial, if the vaccine is really effective. I'm talking about 90% effective or somewhere in that neighborhood. 
then they can make a determination if the trials almost run to completion. They otherwise feel comfortable about the safety um, that perhaps they should make it available sooner, given the outsized efficacy against the backdrop of an epidemic. But I think that's an extremely unlikely circumstance, and I would expect these trials to run to completion and read out when they reach the sufficient number of events that are pre-specified in the protocols. All right. Uh, thanks, Scott. We appreciate it. I don't know. That, was that through? We saw, saw you a few times this week. Hopefully uh, we'll repeat that next week. Uh, and we'll, have, we'll always have a lot to talk about with you. Thanks. Coming up on Squawk Pod, the rest of today's stories that got us talking. And Joe, Andrew, flip the switch. We should do a, a squawk dance. If we, well, you and I did a dance for TikTok, well, I think we could get a lot of followers. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. You are listening to Squawk Pod. Good Friday morning, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ostorkin, along with Joe Kernan. It is just the two of us. Becky is off today. Okay, here's a, uh, here's okay. a, feel, here's a feel-good story for me. Uh, my beloved uh, DraftKings. You know, I, I looked yesterday here, uh, Andrew, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I kind of like this. And then once again, it said, ur, 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 you can't do this. You can't do this. You're not. In, and it knows. It knows where I am all the time. So I have to wait till I get oh, through right. the tunnel. The GPS yeah, I have to wait. your phone. Yeah, I have to wait till I get. Anyway, uh, shares of uh, Penn National Gaming are higher Co- in uh, the pre-market after a 7% jump during yesterday's session. Stiefel hike its price target to $85, citing a Portnoy momentum uh, trade, referring to the company's stake in Barstool Sports, uh, led by Dave Portnoy. Here's Portnoy on Mad Money last night talking about the rise in legal sports gambling in the United States. You really had to go out of your way in the past to place a bet, whether it's illegally with like a bookmaker, which you shouldn't be doing, offshore casinos, which felt like you were getting your credit card information stolen. So the element that, you know, somebody who maybe was casual can now do it easily, I think will lead to obviously a much bigger market. And that stock's up more than 180% year to date. Andrew, I'm uh, no spring chicken, uh, and I never had a bookie in my entire life. I never made a bet in my entire life. Uh, on sports, you know, until until that's what he's talking about. So there's I don't know what the the market potential uh, is, but there's a lot of people, you know, I knew guys that were, you know, I used to watch them and think you got a problem, you know, when they're, you know, because usually they were, you know, all these NFL games and I got them and I got this and I, and I was like, wow. Uh, 
But, you know, a small amount of money on a, a $5 bet on an on a NFL game, and, and it's like, oh, my God, they fumbled, you know, or you get so right. excited. It's just you're engaged. You're engaged. So uh, I think Portnoy is right about that. And I, I think don't know need- if I should share this. My grandfather, who's no longer alive, a, Chester Ross, who I love dearly. No, he wasn't a bookie, but we used to on on uh, on month. He used to he used to bet all of the games on Sundays, and on Mondays we'd have lunch at an Italian restaurant, I believe, on 37th or 38th Street in New York City. And he would either come with an envelope, or there was another guy who would stand at the bar, or he would come with an envelope, and there would be an envelope that was that was passed. I love that. And that, that was a, a Monday morning ritual based on how things went on Sunday. So, and he enjoyed um, his Sundays, right? That's, that's the old way they used to do it. Right. And he enjoyed, you his, he enjoyed his Sundays. He, enjoyed, he loved it. Yeah. He loved it. And if you're not, I he mean. He very much did. I got to say, uh, you know, and, and I, you know my problems with the Bengals. I, I have wiped the, sh- the, uh, the slate clean. I'm optimistic. Uh, they lost uh, last night uh, to the Browns, but. I mean, I don't know, you probably didn't see, but Joe Burrow and, and, and the uh, Bengals got some good players, this Mixon guy. And then, um, you know, you got uh, Baker Mayfield passing to Odell for, for the winning touchdown. I mean, it was all good, all good, even though they lost. Uh, and naturally, they, the person in the New York Post that said, take the Bengals in the under. And you saw what happened. Facebook is... Uh being sued for allegedly spying on Instagram users. The lawsuit stemming from media reports in July that the app appears to be accessing iPhone cameras even when they're not actively being used. Facebook blamed that on what they say is a bug, which it says generated false notifications. The suit filed uh, by an Instagram user from New Jersey claiming the app's use of the camera is intentional and is done for the purpose of collecting valuable user data and by the way, throw one other thing into the mix, because we were just talking about Facebook and Instagram, Joe. Did you see the news, it's a bit of speculation, that potentially one of the CEOs who is in contention to run TikTok is Kevin Systrom, who founded Instagram, and what kind of battle royale that would be? We had Kevin on the program, I don't know, just a couple, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, because he's working on, on this, uh, this COVID website that's tracking, uh, uh, tracking the, the R-naught. But uh, he founded Instagram, of course, left, you remember, uh, unhappily, I think, with uh, Mark Zuckerberg. And, and now is a contention to go run the biggest competitor. It, uh, that would be a story. Uh, it, it just, just so I understand exactly how it would work, it, it, they compete directly because I, 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 don't, I know my kids use a little TikTok, but not anything like what they do with Instagram. So what would the, what would the rationale be so, there exactly? The, the young, the, I mean, TikTok is the new Instagram, uh, unless, of course, Instagram is able to, uh, to overtake TikTok in terms of the, this younger market. And one of the things that, that Instagram has now put in place is this, this product uh, feature called Reels, R-E-E-L-S. And that effectively it's a, is a TikTok competitor. If you remember, uh, Instagram also put something called Stories in a couple of years, maybe a year or two ago now. And that was basically to be a Snapchat uh, copycat. So now basically Instagram is copying TikTok right. on one side and uh, Snap on the other. And the question, of course, is uh, whether, whether somebody like a Kevin Systrom would actually go to a TikTok and try to make a go of that. It'd be very interesting to watch. So even younger than the people that are doing an Instagram. So this, so it's just amazing. Yes. And, so and the, the, there might be something after think, TikTok. Think I lots of yeah. lip syncing. 
Are you a lip syncer? You could do no. a little, little Milli no. Vanilli. No, just I to, was to, to date to date Andrew, ourselves. I was thrilled with my flip phone. Thrilled to be able to make a call okay. uh, when I'm not near a, you know, putting a quarter. And that for me was, uh, you know, I liked my Walkman. Anyway, a. Uh, okay. a I hear you. You're hear not you. on TikTok. Are, are you a big, in, you're not even a big Instagram person, are you? I'm on Instagram. I have, I don't have a lot of followers on Instagram because I haven't really made a, a Well, not effort. TikTok, are you? But you, I'm on Instagram. Are you lip syncing? Are you not lip syncing? I'm not on, I have, I think I have a TikTok account. No way. But I don't, I've okay. never really done, I haven't done any dances or anything yet. But we should do a, a squawk dance. If we, well, you and I did a dance... For TikTok, well, I think we could get a lot of followers. I think was that Earth, Wind, and Fire, and you were talking about how much you liked it, and I was worried you were going to start moving that none of us need to see uh, at, at, at 6 in the morning. That's Squawk Pod for today and for another week. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. All three will be back next week. Tune in to CNBC weekday mornings at 6 a.m. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears any time of day, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.